Hello and good morning. I hope you are well and that the Lord is good to you and you are keeping your hopes high in Him. Our Lord is good. Yes, indeed, all the time He is good and that is His nature. And so in Him, we live and have our being and it is in His name that I come before you this morning to share with you His gospel message, the word of life, the written word of God, the word that gave, gave us life at the creation, the word that sustains us, the word that gives us hope and the promise of living with Christ forever and ever. Amen. My name is Nimrod Bai from Koinonia Ministries in Nairobi. And, and uh, once again, I would like to invite you to share with me in the reading of the, 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 the Bible this morning. It's a message to you and to me and to the whole world. Let us pray. Dear loving Father, we come before you with hearts that are expectant. We are hungry. We need to be fed, we are thirsty. Please do give us water to drink. We lack strength. Give us strength, O God, and give us courage and give us hope in the one and only true and living God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now our reading this morning is from the book of Revelation. This, my friend, is a book I, I know which is rarely read. But it should be the book of the moment. It is the one that gives us hope in times of discouragement, the hope and the promise of God there is a future. Even in death, there is life. There is life after death. That Jesus Christ, who died and now lives forever, holds the key to life and to death. Those who belong to him will rise again and they are dead. They will rise again and they will live with him forever. So let's open our ears. Let's hear what he has to tell us this morning. Now our reading is from chapter 3 of uh, Revelation. Uh, verses 14 to 22. And it goes as follows. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are 
wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire in the fire, so that you can become rich, and and white clothes to wear, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and serve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be honest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. But just, um, just to give us a bit of background to this letter to the Laodiceans, let me read the prologue from uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ with which God gave him to show his servants what must take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything he saw that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed, blessed my friends, is the one who reads the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. That is what we, 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 we are doing now. Reading this, the words of this prophecy aloud, loudly, aloud. It's what this, it was intended to be read loudly in the church, to, to be read to, to, the, to the whole church, to the whole gathering, so that everybody hears what God is saying. Now, this is a message for us now. And I have just read that little bit of chapter 3 of Revelation. We need to, hear, to read through this prophecy and hear what it tells us today. It is critically important. Now, so let's go back to our text then. And um, this is what um, the message is telling us. First of all, John was in, then instructed from what I ju we just read from the prologue. John was given instruction in this vision to write, a let to write letters to each of seven churches uh, located at that time in the, the region co then called Asia Minor, which is today's Turkey. There were seven churches and um, the, each church had a, a specific message that was related and relevant to its spiritual and moral condition. And each five of the churches had both some good things and some bad things. And so they were commended for, the good, for their good deeds and rebuked for their bad and evil deeds. 
one church had nothing bad so it, they, they were commended for their good deeds but they were not rebuked for any action that is a church at uh, philadelphia but then there was one church that had absolutely nothing good about it nothing whatsoever to commend it or that met with jesus's approval on rebuke and condemnation and warning and that is the church of the leodicians and, and now let us turn and focus our attention to the specific message written in the in John's letter to the church of the Laodiceans first of all what was the trouble with this church the trouble jesus says is their lukewarmness they were a lukewarm church i have titled this message you make me sick i know it might not sound very i mean nice thing to say but you see that there's a trouble with us jesus when jesus rebuked or when god rebuked he just said it as it was he didn't look for 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 for, for nice things to say about something that was evil that was bad and that is what our attitude and practice should also be sin is sin not mistake not a bad choice sin is sin and punishable by death so jesus is basically saying you make me sick he says in particular that um, you are neither hot nor cold i wish you were one or the other but now because you are neither hot nor cold i'm going to spit you out you see you spit things out of your mouth when they are not um, you know palatable uh when you cannot tolerate them that's why the message is you make me sick and 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 if you have already swallowed it before you <laughs> you realize how awful it is then of course you you do more than just spitting out you throw up but um let me say this church was located at at the city of Laodicea and Laodicea was um a a a a wealthy environment it was a center of commerce and trade and well it was and it was famous for its trade and for its wealth and a variety of all manner of um, leisure and pleasure and so it appears that the church had adopted itself to the culture and to the lifestyles of its wealthy environment it had itself become rich and it was of course i mean attracting a lot of wealthy people you know as part of its congregation and so rich it became 
that it, it, it started boasting and thinking that they needed absolutely nothing. Whatever they needed, they had the money to do it, to, to, to purchase. I am rich, they boasted. I have acquired wealth and I do not need a thing. Verse 17. This is what the church thought about itself. And this is the reputation that the church had broadcast outside there. That is what the world think, thought about this church. It is a wealthy church. It's a comfortable church. It is a nice church. It is a good church. Let us go there. Let us avoid these others that talk about salvation. That tell, tell, call people sinners and call people to repentance. Let them go to this, and, uh, this church. The pastors are very nice, very understanding. You know, they listen to you. They understand your issues. Yes, the mighty and the wealthy of the land trooped inside on worship days carrying their tithes and their offerings. And the sermons were tailored to please their ears. The pastors, you know, fashioned their messages to tell these, guys, to these men who donated huge sums of money just what their itching ears wanted to hear. And of course, they were promised, you know, a free passage to heaven because of their generosity. They were promised success in their businesses and in their political ambitions. While their enemies, you know, were promised God's wrath. That is the kind of church imagination that John is telling us the, the Laodiceans were like. But spiritually, my friends, this church had ceased to be the body of Christ. It had ceased to be a community of God's people living in accordance with the values and the principles of the kingdom of heaven. It had ceased to be a church. It was no more than a member's club. And because Jesus was not a member of this exclusive club, he was locked out of the church. And he stood out there on, at the door knocking, but nobody would hear him. Nobody would let him in. So what did Jesus think about this church? He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. And I've already said, this means you are yuck. You make me sick. My friends, whose opinion shall we believe? Shall we believe in the opinion of the church about itself? Shall we believe the church, the opinion of the people who trooped there from the surrounding areas, the rich, the mighty, and the wealthy? Or shall we believe the testimony of Jesus Christ, whose body the church is supposed to be? The one who died for, this, for the church. I choose to believe the testimony of the Lord. I mean, what is right is right. What is wrong is wrong. And there was nothing right, nothing good, nothing praiseworthy about this church. I wonder how much of what we do when we meet for worship on Sunday or, or any other day, how much of it is praiseworthy in the eyes of the Lord?
How many of our activities, our, our rituals, our programs, our agenda will attract an approval from the Lord Jesus Christ? And that is basically what is, uh, I mean, uh, I would like us to discuss as our lesson today. And I'm saying as a, as a matter of urgency and with all seriousness that we, it is high time we began to rethink what is a good church. What is church actually? Is it an institution? Is it an institution or is it a business? Is it a members club? Is it a cooperative society? Or what is it? What, my friend, is a good church as far as you're concerned? And I would like us to compare this church with the, with the, with, with the church of the Philadelphians, or the, of, uh, the church at Philadelphia, when Christ gave it an evaluation, everything about them was right. And he said, I know your, your deeds. In the same words, the same words he used for, 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 for Laodicea, but in this case, he said, I know you are weak and you are going through difficult times. You have challenges and persecutions, and yet you have kept the faith. You have not compromised. You are not afraid even to die. And so Christ promises them great things because they would not deny his name even under persecution. My friends, a true and a genuine New Testament church is a Bible-believing church one which is not ashamed to name the name of Jesus, whatever the risk, whatever the cost. It is a church where two or three are gathered under a tree, at home, in, um, in, the, in, in, in the business, in a moving bus, wherever two or three or more are gathered in the name of Jesus, he promises his presence will be there with them. The book of Acts actually does give us a portrait of what a New Testament church should be. And, and, and the writer says, um, they devoted themselves daily to the teaching from the word of God, to prayer and to fellowship, to the communion, and eventually to evangelism. They had no buildings where they met. They met in their homes and shared food there with glad and sincere hearts. That is the model church, my friends. Furthermore, they made sure those who were poor among them, um, I mean, got food and clothes. Those who had property, sold it and brought the money to be shared according to each one's need. Everybody's physical needs and material needs were taken care of. But above all, they took care of the spiritual needs of their congregation and the surrounding areas. Now, Jesus warns the Laodiceans about their lukewarmness. The church, the Laodicean church, was a church without Jesus. It was neither hot nor cold. They had one foot in the church and the other in the world. They had good programs running, 
You know, from a human point of view, this church was everything a church should be. But Jesus was absent. He was standing outside, knocking at the door. So you might want to ask yourself, my friend, what shall I do? One thing only, Jesus requires, not me. He says, open the door and now come in. I'm knocking, no one is listening. Here I am, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and I will dine with him and he with me. Verses 20 to 22. So let us first of all remember that the church is the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of the church and it belongs to him. A church without Jesus is a dead church. But this is not the first time Jesus has been rejected by his own. We are told that he created the, earth, the world. But when he came into the world, they rejected him. They would not even recognize him. Then he came to his own nation of Israel and was born, you know, in a family uh, of the Jews. But they did not recognize him. They did not believe in him. They did not accept him. But the Bible says in the Gospel of John chapter 1, 10, 10 to 13, as many as received him, even those outside the nation of Israel, Jesus gave them the right to be called children of God. But I want you to, I want us Lord to, um, I want us my friend to notice this. The world rejected Jesus. The nation of Israel rejected Jesus. The priesthood rejected Jesus. But if any person, any individual who accepted Jesus was saved as an individual. Now listen to what Jesus is saying to the Laodiceans once more. He says, here I am at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Not only that, that this person, he is called an overcomer. He has overcome fear and chosen to stand up for Jesus and raise high his royal banner that they should not suffer loss. He is not ashamed to be associated with Jesus. And so Jesus is, he says, I will give him the right to sit with me at my father's throne, just as I overcame and now I sit with my father at his throne. Salvation, my friend, is not a communal thing. First and foremost, salvation is an individual thing because before it becomes a communal kind of congregation. But as each particular individual has to determine in his own heart to invite Jesus into their lives. It doesn't matter that the church does not preach salvation. It doesn't matter that this is just a, a members club that people just meet to, and they are made to feel good and to, for entertainment. Good music, you know, good furnishings imported and all that. The calling, Jesus calls you and I as individuals. And we shall stand before him on the seat of judgment as individuals. So if anyone hears the, the voice of Jesus where he is locked outside and opens the door of their heart to him, he will come in and dine with that person. Blessed, my friend. The word of God says, 
is those are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Revelation 19.9 It doesn't matter which church you belong to, whether it is the Roman Catholic Church. Do they have the Bible there? Do they read the Bible? Then listen to the Bible. Not to the name or, or the denomination. Whether they are Anglicans or whether they are Pentecostals or the Evangelicals or, 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 or whatever. Whether you are located, whether you live in Babylon or Egypt or Sodom and Gomorrah, the choice is always yours. As soon as you hear the name of the, 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 the word of the Lord, the responsibility is you, is yours. Whether to receive it or to reject it. Whether to live according to the teaching of the word of God or to compromise with the Babylonians and, uh, and, 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 and Sodom and Gomorrah. The choice my friend, is yours. And Christ, tonight, Jesus wants to dine with you. But then you need to step out of the crowd. Salvation is yours as an individual. Then you can join together with other brethren and worship together. And let us take the example of Noah. He rejected the culture of his day and he and his family were saved along with all the creatures that came into the tent with him. Why? He believed God and stepped out of the crowd and received salvation alone. And concerning uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, we are told that Lot, because he separated himself from the life of the Sodomites and the, uh, you know, the, uh, those from Sodom and Gomorrah, he was saved with his family when the two cities were, were, were destroyed. Now, Jesus was crucified with two criminals. When one joined the rest in insulting Jesus and mocking him, the other cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus gave him the right to his paradise that very moment. At the Pentecost, Peter cried to the Jewish crowd after telling them how they crucified Jesus. He told them, save yourselves from this corrupt and perverse generation. 3,000 people believed in Jesus and gave their lives to him on that day. Tonight, this morning, uh, my friend, the message is, the, it, it, it doesn't matter whether your church doesn't talk to you about salvation in Christ. It doesn't matter that they are engaged in business, uh, you know, building up, putting up structures and furnishings and extending buildings and all that and all that. But you have the Bible available to you in your language or in a language you understand. Come to these verses and hear what the Lord is saying. He rejects the, he rejects the church and spits it out of his mouth. But every single individual who hears the voice of the Lord and invites him into his life is saved. And so, far, friend, I'm, I'm asking you and pleading with you, save yourself from this perverse and sinful generation now. It may be the only chance you have. For who knows? Tomorrow, my friend, the sun may never rise. God bless you for hearing me. The times are dangerous. We cannot afford to live without Jesus. That's my message this morning. God bless you for listening. 
I invite you to look at those numbers there. Telephone number, please call us, email us. Let's carry on with the conversation. Amen. Bye-bye.